0: morning church morning. morning so last week we started a new series about spiritual renewal and I'd like to take just a moment to kind of review talk about what we talked about last week before we head into today so last week we kind of ended talking about being renewed day by day that we are jars of clay We are broken, battered, we sin, we make mistakes, we are weak, and yet through our weakness, Christ shines through. And even in the midst of that, he is still renewing us day by day. So I showed a video at the end of last week about a potter centering some clay on a wheel. And one of the things that we noted at the end of last week's sermon was that for the clay to be moldable, to be changed, to be renewed, It needed movement, it needed water, and it needed the potter's hands. And we thought about those three things and shared how movement could represent the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives, that the potter's hands are obviously God the Father molding and shaping us. And so what did the water represent? So starting today and the next several weeks, we are going to talk about the water the potter's water, and what needs to be involved in our lives so that we can be renewed every day, so we can experience spiritual renewal. So introduce today's topic. Have you guys ever heard a song that really meant something to you? Like you hear a song, and whether it's a worship song, or maybe it's a hymn, maybe it's a song that when you hear it, you think about your spouse and you go, that's our song. I have a song that I'd like to share that just means a lot to me. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. (laughs) Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. suddenly i need waffle fries in front of me with some nuggets and a large sweet tea oh chick-fil-a you set me free kids get in the van so we can go there today but their stores are closed oh i know It's Sunday. Chick-fil-A. What a dirty, rotten trick to play. Now I have to settle for Subway. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Have you guys ever seen that before? Tim Hawkins, he's hilarious, Christian comedian, takes songs, changes them, obviously. Um, But what he speaks to is a place that I love, Chick-fil-A. Any any Chick-fil-A fans in here? Sweet. Have you ever experienced that, where you said, hey, I'm gonna go have some Chick-fil-A, and you realized it was Sunday? Ugh, why are they closed on Sunday? I went to their website. Why were closed on Sundays? Our founder, Truett Cathy, made the decision to close on Sundays in 1946 when he opened his first restaurant in Hapeville, Georgia. Having worked seven days a week and restaurants opened 24 hours, Truett saw the importance of closing on Sundays so that he and his employees could set aside one day to rest and worship if they chose, a practice we uphold today. Yeah, props to them. So. <clears throat> What I'd like to do is kind of process through why they do that. Is that beneficial for us? And what does scripture say? So if you have your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to read verses 8 through 11. And you'll, rem- you'll recognize these verses because they're part of the Ten Commandments. Starting at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and the sea and all that is in them, But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Two kind of key words in there that I think we need to pay attention to. First, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The Sabbath day is holy. And then from verse 11. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So rest or resting and holy, okay? So let's think about the Israelites. They were not perfect. They made poor choices sometimes. They definitely disobeyed. Was there ever a time in their history that they disobeyed the 10 Commandments? Was there ever a time that they disobeyed this clear commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy? Let's go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 13, we're gonna start at verse 15. In those days, I, Nehemiah, saw men in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath. And bringing in grain and loading it on donkeys, together with wine, grapes, figs, and all other kinds of loads. And they were bringing all this into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. Therefore I warned them against selling food on that day. Men from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise and selling them in Jerusalem on the Sabbath to the people of Judah. I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, What is this wicked thing you are doing, desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your forefathers do the same things so that our God brought all this calamity upon us and upon this city? Now, you're stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. When evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I, Nehemiah, ordered the doors to be shut, not opened until the Sabbath was over. I stationed some of my own men at the gates so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. A couple points. First off, when does a new day start? In our culture, we start at midnight. Last day passed, 1159, new day, midnight. Jewish culture Sunset. Sunset starts the beginning of a new day. So think about that for a second. How does your day start? It starts with rest. It starts with darkness and with quiet, potentially with solitude. You begin your day with rest. You don't start a new day in the middle of the day, Your new day starts when it's dark and it's at rest. That is why Nehemiah said in verse 19, when evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not opened until the Sabbath was over. This is also an important concept to understand when you count days. Have you ever paid attention to The day Jesus died, that day is traditionally called Good Friday. So Jesus said he died, and then three days later he rose. Died on Good Friday, so Saturday, Sunday. Do they not know how to count? What's this three days? When you understand where their days end. Right? So Jesus died. Friday, when it started, it was sunset. And it ended at sunset. So he died on Friday in the middle of that day. So he had Friday where he was dead. And then Saturday, it starts at midnight, or not at midnight, at sunset. And goes until the next day. When you count that way, you get three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's important to understand how they count their days when we're reading scripture. But the point that I wanna make most of all is that you start your day with rest and then you go into your day. Let's finish reading about Nehemiah, verse 20. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them and said, why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember me for this also, O my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. So what can we learn from this? God gives a command to not work and to honor him, to make a day special. And yet, as time goes on, the Israelites don't do that. Instead, what they do is they fill their time. We don't know if it's with good, or it's bad, they're making money, they're supporting their families, they're working, but they're not keeping the Sabbath day holy. So when I read something in the Old Testament, and I see that it is different from how we live today, I ask, well, what did Jesus think about this? What was Jesus' perspective on this topic? So let's go to Mark, chapter 2, verses 23 to 28. Mark, chapter 2. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So he's making two pretty clear comments. First, he says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. So my rules go. And I see that you have created all of these laws to dictate what the Sabbath is supposed to look like. I didn't set those laws in motion. I am Lord of the Sabbath. My disciples are hungry. They can eat this grain. In the same way, think about David. David took stuff he wasn't supposed to take. Did I strike him down when he took that bread? No, I didn't. He was doing something unlawful, but I said it was okay. So I am Lord of the Sabbath. And on top of that, he says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Which to me means that we need the Sabbath. We need Sabbath. So, why was the Sabbath even created? If you go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, it says this. I think I have a slide, right? So, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. There's those two words again, holy, rest. God made it holy because on it God rested from all his work. Now was God tired? I'm sure he was exhausted. He'd done tons of speaking. Let there be light. Let there be animals. Let there be plants. It's exhausting. He didn't have to work. He spoke, he counted his work because he created, but he didn't need to rest. God rested from all his work. So if he didn't have to rest, why did he rest? For our example, to show us that we need to take one day a week and rest, take time off, spend time with him, with one another, He didn't have to rest. So we've looked a bunch at the Old Testament. We've looked some at the New Testament. But now my question is, what does that mean for us today? Because our world today is very different from even 50 years ago. Our days today are very, very different from the Old Testament. So what does it mean for us today to keep the Sabbath day holy? Well, let's look at this quote from John Piper. He said this, he's a theologian. You need to find a way to say to the Lord, I love you and I reverence you and I'll honor you in a special way on this day. You gotta find a way to say to the Lord, I love you, I reverence you, and I'll honor you in a special way on this day. When I hear special way, it reminds me of a term that we've been talking about a lot, and that term is holy. What does the word holy mean? There's kind of three parts. For something to be holy, it means to be separated, set apart, sacred, not common, something of special use. So, if you think about everything that God had the Israelites make when they put it into the temple, it was holy. God would anoint people or set them apart to do holy things. Set apart, different use, looks different, it's sacred. Honor the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, set apart different. So how does that look for us in today's world? What does that look like when not all of us have five-day-a-week five work weeks? Some of us work on Sundays. Some of us have shifts where it's 12 hours a day, sometimes on weekends, sometimes not. Some of us have full-time jobs and part-time jobs. What does it mean to honor and live out this commandment in the world today? Well, I think there's a couple options to think about this. But first, I want to go to Acts, chapter 2. Let's see what the early church did. Acts, chapter 2, starting at verse 46. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So how often did the early church meet? Every day. So who's in? Want to meet every day? Here? That's hard, right? We could meet here every day for prayer at the same time. Anyone who was interested, we could do that, right? We could work on meeting with our life group regularly, spending time in worship here weekly. We could do some of those things. But the early church started out meeting together every day. Now, I think a debate started to come up because later in Romans you read this. Let's go to Romans chapter 14, verses five to eight. Romans 14. So this is what Paul is speaking to the church in Rome. Listen specifically to the first sentence. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. I think Paul is referencing an argument where some people were saying, God's made every day holy and special. He lives within us. We are the temple. We should be worshiping him every day. And other people saying, yes, but remember what he gave the Israelites. Remember what he gave us. He gave us one day to set aside to rest, the Sabbath, Saturday. And other people said, yeah, that was Saturday, but he rose on Sunday, so should we not worship on Sunday? Sunday is the day he rose, we should worship on Sunday. That is the most holy day. And you can hear the discussion. And I think the point we take away from it is, God lives within us. He is part of our every day. Every day is holy and special, but are you taking the time out to treat it as such? Are you taking intentional time to treat a day or moments of a day or days as holy? Are you taking time out to rest? I think there's four key areas that we need to remember or think about when we are seeking rest, because we know we need rest. The Sabbath day was made for us. So there's four areas that we need to be refreshed in so that we can honor God with our time. We need to take time mentally where we're not thinking about everything, where we have a break, where we're not just planning and going and doing Where we are resting, and not necessarily just checked out, but where we're resting. We need emotional breaks. Sometimes we just need time, right? Sometimes we're grieving something, and we need time to grieve. Sometimes something just irritates us so bad, and we need a break. We need time and space for our emotions to get to a healthy place. We need time physically to rest. If you think about the Israelites back in the Old Testament, they worked all the time to survive. Today we have microwaves and ovens and fast food. We don't have to work very hard typically to survive. So maybe we're not as physically exhausted as maybe the Israelites were. So maybe we need to do something healthy that is physical. Anyone tend to sit behind a desk for much of their work week? Sometimes we got to exercise. We got to get out. We got to do something for ourselves that's healthy. And then spiritually, we got to take time to spend with him, to worship him, to honor him, to look to him first. I think all four of these components are an important part of what it means to get rest on a Sabbath. Now are all of us able to take a Sunday and do all of this every week? Maybe not. Our schedules may not allow it. So my encouragement is, where in your week are you making time for this? Because if you're not taking time for this, you will not be renewed day by day. You will tend to be just a broken pot that is not being renewed, that God can still use to shine his light through. But are you taking time for Sabbath? Are you taking time to rest? Are you being intentional with your time to honor him I think the main point it comes down to is that it comes down to time and devotion we are called to give god our time because all our time is his all the days he's given us are holy because he lives within them and he lives within us they are his gift to us We have been set apart to honor and serve him. It's about time. And it's about devotion and dedication. How are we using that time? Because sometimes we rest, right? It's the weekend, we kick back. That's great. But sometimes our kicking back is really just checking out. And when we're just checked out, We're not honoring Him with our rest. So how do we take our time, Sunday through Saturday, how do we take that time and split it up in such a way that we are taking Sabbath, where we are making time for our own quiet time, where we are making time weekly for worship, where we are making time to rest in all of these ways that we need, so that we are refreshed, so that he can use us as an even brighter light to the world. And as funny as it sounds, taking time off to do nothing really honors him. Not this yesterday, not Saturday yesterday, but the week before. I put my phone upstairs left it next to the bed, had it had even vibrate turned off, it was silent, and left it there all day. As my wife can attest, this is hard for me to do. A, because I like to follow sports. B, because I don't want to miss anything. I want to be able to respond to something if it needs to be responded to right then. But I left it there all day, and I cannot tell you how relaxing it was to realize I don't have anything to do today but be with my family and honor them and serve them and take care of them and play games and talk and do the dishes. I took that time, and it was a blessing to me. And I want to encourage you to do the same because when you do, your life will stand out. Think about Chick-fil-A, I think they're doing pretty well. God has given them this incredibly divine recipe for chicken. (laughs) They sell a lot. I would be curious to know what their sales look like compared to other places that are open seven days a week. And I bet they do really well but they take the time to be off. Please do not buy into the lie that you have to work. And even on your days off, when you have a honeydew do list that's this long, sometimes you gotta say no and take some time to rest. Worship as a family. Walk around the park. Do something that is relaxing because it will re-energize you. It It will help mold and shape you to be the light that God wants you to be in this world. So if we want to be able to be spiritually renewed, we have to rest and we have to give God our time. May we be a church that learns more and more how to be intentional with this. Because I recognize it's not easy. Our world is fast paced. But we can make decisions and we can say, on this day, this is what we're doing every week. And if you make it 35 times out of a year that that's how your week looks, that's success. And maybe next year you can do more. But set aside time to rest and be with God. Amen.